Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. Happy Friday and happy football Friday. We will be delving into all things NFL over the next hour with a little NBA sprinkled in. Starting in this segment, we'll navigate all the landmines in week 18. Starters resting, teams with nothing to play for, teams with everything to play for. We funnel it all in to our six favorite NFL plays. Then at 720, it's the best of the NBA slate tonight. Does big man Palooza continue with a big-time performance from Joel Embiid tonight? Then at 740, back to the NFL. It's week 18. It is the one week of the entire season where we get to bet on player contract incentives, what it means for your prop bets. That's coming up at 740. Jenks, if you could add one thing to your contract, like maybe huh. like a little wonky thing, like free Chick-fil-A for life or free yeah. Chipotle for life, what would you put in your contract if you could? I want my robe. Ooh, back on that, are gym. we? Yes, back. I'm staying on it forever. I want to do a show every day in my comfy robe. That's it. Now, I'll be, I'm a professional, okay? I'm going to keep that robe tight, but I just want to wake up every morning. I want to see that glorious MGM Tiger emblazoned on the back, hand-sewn by some lady in... I don't know, Carson City. And then I want to put it on every morning. I want to snuggle up tight in it, and I want to work on the show. Terry Cloth Robe from BetMGM. That is what I want in my contract. And by God, I'm going to get it. I don't care if I have to beg for this robe for a decade. And you can shake your head. Shake your head because one of these days I'm going to get it. And when I'm sitting here and I'm talking and I start to fall asleep while I'm talking because I'm so comfortable and warm, you're going to be jealous. Eh, I don't know about that, but I am sick of hearing you complaining about this. Jenks, if you want something in life, sometimes you have to do it yourself. So it feels like we need to force their hand here. Maybe we buy our own robes and we do this show every single morning in bathrobes until they send you your own robe. Should we do that? Are you? I'll do it. Will you do it? That's the question. I'll wear a robe. No shame in my game. I'll absolutely put on a robe, a $17 ratty robe from Amazon. I'm going to fall it off the chest. They're like, God, we got to get this guy a robe immediately. He's going to be flashing people on Twitch. Send this guy a robe overnight. Let's take care of this immediately. Would you wear a robe? Hell yeah, I'd wear a robe. That sounds <laughs> awesome. I have already yeah, digressed does. into wearing sweats on the show. So, like, what's the next That's step true. down? Robes? Let's do it. That or you wear the most obnoxious things possible. Like, you know those shirts that people wear to the beach that have, like, the swimsuit on it? You should wear that. <laughs> like, send me my robe or else. I'm going to wear <laughs> one of those shirts that makes it look like I'm just super shredded, like I got the six-pack and everything and a huge pecs. 
It'll be awesome. And I'll wear that every single day. And they'll be like, this guy. And it'll be a white shirt. So it'll be obvious that it's a shirt. And I'm like, God, look at this guy. Or you could go all in and wear one of those Halloween costumes, you know, where you have the fake muscles every day. And I just sit here shirtless, like some sort of bootleg Pat McAfee or something. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Do you think that's the cringiest thing you could wear? Like, I'm trying to think. If you're trying yes. to be the most obnoxious person, like, say you mm -hmm. roll up to a wedding. Like, what's the right. most obnoxious thing you could wear? I think those shirts, the ones that people wear to the beach, are, like, pretty mm -hmm. up there. You could wear the fake tuxedo shirts. You know, the ones that aren't tuxedos, oh, but they awesome. just look like it. Tuxedo t-shirt. in college, and he wore it all the time. He was like, Chelsea, I'm so dressed up. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> and that's when you fell in love. You're like, he is so <laughs> handsome and whimsical at the same time. I'm going to marry that man in the tuxedo t-shirt. That's a love story, Chelsea. Well, to his credit, I was like right on par with him because I was like, ooh, I'm going to cook my boyfriend dinner. You know what I cooked? I cooked noodles with butter on them. Like I didn't even put the sauce ooh, on. And I down, like killer. put some cheese <laughs> on top and I put it in the ooh. microwave to melt the cheese. And I was like, oh, man, this is a home cooked dinner. You know, this is what girls make and guys propose to them just on the nose. Uh, so I was not really leveling up when it comes to like the highbrow stuff either. So I don't think I could be complaining. I don't know. I like a good noodle dinner, Chelsea. That's all you had to do. <laughs> hey, that's love. If, if you cook noodles for Jake and he's like, ah, this is a keeper right here. What is this, butter? Delicious. And, and then you salt? looked at him and he was wearing that tuxedo t-shirt. And you thought, he's so appreciative of my noodle dinner. Oh, I hope you've told that story at your wedding. Well, I'll take it even a step further because Jake Please lived do. in this really ratty apartment in college and they okay. had the roach corner where they had all these roaches that lived in their apartment what? and they would kill them and put it in the corner. So they had this little corner that had all these dead roaches on it. And they had this like big screen TV what? and these roaches would like crawl across the screen and they would get excited. They're like, ooh, time to add another one to the pile. So the butter what? noodles were the least of our worries. Jesus, are you serious? They had a roach pile? Yeah. yeah. That is one of the grossest things <laughs> you think I've I would make ever this up? heard in my... No, I don't think you're making it up. I just can't believe this was a thing. If I see a roach, like my skin crawls. I killed a roach one time and I, I never saw the roach. This is going to sound like an urban legend. My first apartment in college when I was at Texas... And I'll never forget, there was something crawling around, and it was, I don't even know what you call it. It was some sort of pipe or vent that went up from the stove and into the ceiling. And so it was against the wall, but there was room inside. And I would always hear this rattling, and I'm like, there is something in there. And I'll never forget, one day I look, and I see some sort of tentacle come out. And this thing was, I, it was so long. And I thought, whatever that is, that is the biggest roach on the planet. And I went and bought a big can of Raid. And I sprayed along the side of that vent. And this roach took like 10 minutes to die. Just like, like just rattling, like, no, no, huge. And I never saw that thing. I didn't open it up to figure out what was in there. I didn't want to know. But that was gross. I certainly didn't say, let me take this out and start a roach pile in the corner. 
Good God. I really hope people are eating <laughs> breakfast while listening to our show. It sounds like something really appetizing to start your day with. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, I have another rote story, but we don't really have time for it in this segment. So maybe if you stick around, I will regale you with more rote stories from my past. But right now, we promised some NFL picks, so let's do it now. Pick six. Pick six. Here we All right, go. Jenks. Here we go. <laughs> Let's get it done. Patriots money line hosting the Jets. In the cold of a Foxborough winter, a legend lurks on the New England sidelines, looking for a win and perhaps the final game of his legendary NFL career. That's right. This could be it for Bill Belichick. You think he's gonna go out like a roach in a pile? No, he's not. He's going out a winner. The Patriots know this is probably it for one of the greatest head coaches of all time, okay? The line is what? Patriots minus two, minus one, I don't care. Patriots, money line. And by the way, the Jets in their last nine games, an absolutely putrid one and nine against the spread. Patriots money line in Bill Belichick's final game. Ooh, I like that too. And I just realized I typed my pick wrong in the rundown. So it should say I am on the Patriots ah. as well. This is a squad play shaking hands emoji. But here's the thing about Bill Belichick. We know, you know, maybe it's his final game against the Jets. But this is where he has been cash money. Patriots have won 15 straight games against the Jets. That's all you need to know. Pure and utter domination. I feel like this is the way this one goes. It's not like the Jets are having a great season this year. I feel like the Patriots get it done at home. So I, too, will be on the Patriots on the money line. Minus 20, 125. Let's do it. It is a 1 o'clock start in the East between the Jets and Patriots on Sunday in Foxborough. Pick six. Pick six. Bears. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to you, Chicago. Bears plus three in Green Bay. Bears have won four of their last five. During those games, Justin Fields playing really good football right now has accounted for seven total touchdowns, only three picks. The Chicago defense continues to get better. In that four-game, four to five-game winning streak, if you will, They've allowed just over 15 points per game. Bears are also 8-6-2 against the number this season, tied for fifth best in the National Football League. That includes going 6-1-1 one, one against the spread in their last seven. Yes, Packers are playing for a spot in the postseason. Jordan Love looks better, but this is a rivalry game, and I like the way Chicago looks right now. Bears plus three on the road at Lambeau. Yeah, here's what you need to remember for Week 18. Just because a team needs to win to get in the postseason doesn't mean that they're going to win to get in the postseason. And we've seen this from Green Bay before. Remember that game when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback? The Packers were playing at home. All they had to do was beat the Lions and they're in. What do they do? They lost outright to a Lions team that had nothing to play for. I think this is shades of that. Except for you look at for uh, motivation for the Bears. I think it's totally there. For a team that, quote-unquote, has nothing to play for, 
Their quarterback sure does. Justin Fields is still trying to cement himself as the future face of the franchise. We heard the chants coming from the crowd last week and how electric Justin Fields can certainly be. I feel like this is a prove-it game for Justin Fields. I think this team still has plenty to play for. I'll be on the Bears, a team, like you said. The defense has been much better over the past few weeks. So let's go with the Bears plus three if you want to watch it. A 425 Eastern kickoff at Lambeau. Big six. Big six. Bills. Go Bills, for we are here to cheer <laughs> for you. Go Bills, Go we are Bills. your fans so true. With so true. We'll yell with all Sing it, Marv. So Go Bills, like Bills, go. Come on, let's go for Buffalo. For Buffalo. Let's go Bills. Going for their fourth straight division title, fifth straight win. Buffalo is a different team than the one we saw earlier in the season. They have transitioned to more of a run-first offense, taking some of the pressure off Josh Allen. Are the Dolphins any good? I mean, really? They're an exciting team. Yes, they can be explosive. Are they a good football team? I don't think so. They have one win over a team with a winning record. That was against the Cowboys in Miami. The Bills match up really well against the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are super banged up right now. Banged up on the offensive line, injuries in the secondary. They're not built for the Buffalo Bills. Go, Bills. We're with you. Fight, Bills. Buffalo, minus two and a half in Miami. I feel like I need a big stein of like Bud Light or something. Like, doesn't yeah. it feel like it's a drinking song that you need a mug to hold on to? I'd be with you on the Bills. Just take one look at the injury report for the Miami Dolphins. All the big names are there. Plus the mm -hmm. guys on the offensive line, doesn't matter how fast your receivers are if they if the quarterback doesn't have time to get the ball to said receiver and oh by the way Tua Tagovailoa is on the injury report as well so I'd be with you there if you want to watch it it's an 820 Eastern kickoff the night game in Miami Pick six. Pick six. all right finally for me what did I just say about week 18 just because a team needs to win does not mean that they're going to win a game. So I'm going to go to the AFC North, where underdogs usually are the play. This is the toughest division in football. So when you're giving me four points with the Ravens, I'm going to take it. Oh, Lamar Jackson's, Jackson's not playing. Cool. Well, Tyler Huntley is actually a really solid backup. When you look at backup quarterbacks, they're not all built the same. Tyler Huntley actually fits that system really well. He is a dual threat quarterback. I feel like he's going to fit in nicely. And plus, the Ravens can't sit everybody and you're giving me more than four, more than three points against a Steelers offense that I feel like still should not be trusted. I will go with the underdogs in this one. Let's go Ravens plus four. Oh, yeah, let's go, Ravens. Let's get her done. It is a Saturday football game in Baltimore starting at 440 in the East. I think you make a really good point, too, about Tyler Huntley. I forget that he's the backup, and he is really solid. Yeah, I remember watching him for the first time when he played for Utah. I was like, who is that guy? He's going to be electric, and what do you know? He's in the NFL, uh, albeit as a backup to Lamar Jackson. Coming up after the break, it's time to talk NBA, our best plays in the association coming your way. That's next on The Daily Tip.
Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. And we are off and rolling here on the Daily Tip on this Feel Good Friday, Good Times edition. Maybe I got that right. I don't know. Um, One of these days I will get it right and say it confidently. But, Jenks, before we get into our NBA picks, speaking of Mm -hmm. saying things confidently, sometimes I hear the lexicon of, like, the young people, the youngs, the children. The youngs. And I'm like, okay. I understand what they're saying. Like, I don't think I would use those words myself, but I at least get what they're saying. But here is a sentence from Holly Rowe, who is a sports reporter, obviously a very well-known one for ESPN. She's also the the Utah Jazz sideline reporter. I didn't know that because I was looking up trends for the Utah Jazz for our show. And this tweet about Jordan Clarkson says, show love, Jordan Clarkson is in every bag he has ever had. Do you know what this means? In your bag? Yeah, that means that you're feeling it. That means that you're in your bag. Yeah, it means that you're, I'm probably screwing this up, but it means, yeah, he's in his bag, he's feeling it, he's got this, or he's crushing everything he's doing. But in every bag he has ever had. That's what throws me off. What? (laughs) Here's who you shouldn't ask about. Millennial lexicon. A 50-year-old dude. I have no idea. I'm just lucky to be here. Not that young. Like, Holly Rowe is more our demographic. That's what I don't understand, is when people, like, who are my age or older, who say these Mm -hmm. things that I don't make sense. And I'm like, wow, I'm really behind. If people, like, my own age or older are saying these Mm -hmm. things and I don't even have a guess because I have heard of getting the bag. I have heard of Mm -hmm. securing the bag, but being in every bag he has ever had. What is this? So I guess I, I suppose it means not everything. He he's great at everything he does, I guess. Ah. I, I find, I find it odd too. When you're of a certain age, like how do you, it's almost like fashion, right? Where, you want to be current, but not so current where you are trying too hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, when I dress, I want to look modern, but I don't want to wear some sort of crazy outfit that is meant for a 20-year-old. And I feel like language can be the same thing, right? Where, yeah, you want to use some terminology that is current that people can relate to, but if you overdo it, then all of a sudden you're it's pretty obvious you're trying to be someone you're not. Does that make sense? It's a it's an interesting mm-hmm. balance to try and strike. Like if I put out a tweet like that, people would be like, What are you talking about? You don't even talk that way. Like if I said something's mid, okay, fine. People use that phrase all the time. But if I put out a tweet like that, then I think you're crossing a line. And I don't know how they wrote, she's done a great job for a long time. I'm just saying for me, I think people would would turn ahead and say, What who is this talking right now? You know, it's it's a it's a tough balance. Well, it's like fashion in the sense that it's all about the confidence in which you deliver it. 
Like, doesn't yeah. that make sense? Like, people who wear these, like, weird clothes who they call them fashion, but they wear them mm -hmm. with confidence. So you're like, oh, well, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm the right. idiot for not wearing this. Um, but it's the same thing with language and all of these new phrases that people use. If you say it confidently and, like, people buy what you're selling, I think that's when you can get away with it. But for me, when I don't even know what this phrase means... I don't think I'm going to add it to my bag. Did I use it correctly? <laughs> I don't think so, but that's okay. Damn. I don't. Ah, you were so close, Chelsea. You were so very close. I'm always paranoid about these types of things. Like, imagine if I came in wearing a Kyle Kuzma sweater. I'm like, mm, well, oh, look, no. that's what the kids are wearing. Just trying to be hip. You'd be like, dude, go home, put on a button-down shirt, and then come in again and try this all over again. You have to be careful with that. So I don't know. Maybe I'll work in a word or two. I don't even know what's hip and what's not anymore anyway. Sometimes I'll see a tweet and I'm like, well, it's time to go to urbandictionary.com. No idea what the hell that means. <laughs> and then I have to look it up and say, time to act like you knew the entire time, but you didn't because you're old. <laughs> that happens a lot. The worst is when you think something has a tame meaning <laughs> and you like say it to somebody and they're like, do you know what that means? And then you look it up, you're like, uh-oh. I probably shouldn't have said that in public, but here we go. So make sure you look it up on Urban Dictionary before you huh. say it on air. And maybe I should have done that with in all the bags or whatever bags we're talking about with Jordan Clarkson. Crushing but it. he has been in all of the bags. I don't know if I use that correctly, but we're talking about the games tonight in the association. And let's lead off with the Jazz. The Jazz facing off with the Celtics in Boston, where Boston's laying 14 and a half points, total 239 and a half. Jordan Clarkson, like I said, has been in his bag or whatever bag he owns. I don't know what the phrase is, but if you look at him since this new year, on January 1st, he became the first Jazz player since 2008 to record a triple double that's been a long wow. time like 2008 doesn't sound like that long ago you're like oh that's not that long ago yeah it is the year is 2024 <laughs> but since the new year in two games jordan clarkson has scored 56 points 16 rebounds and 14 assists and if you look at the utah jazz they've won outright in five of their last seven games as underdogs so jenks I know the Jazz are not usually a good pick away from home. Earlier in the season, they were the worst team on the road. But when they're getting 14 and a half points, are you willing to ride with the Jazz and all of their baggage? I don't think so. It seems like a lot of points, but it seems like such an obvious play that I don't want to play. And here's the thing. Utah is playing good basketball right now. These guys have been in their bags the entire time. That's what I always say. That's what I say to they're everyone. Watch the jazz, man. These guys are at the baggage claim right now. They're totally checking your bags. These guys are carrying on their bags. These guys have new bags. No idea. Your ex-wife would hate them if they went to baggage claim. <laughs> she sure would. She'd sit the entire team down and say, "Hey guys, before we take the court for this huge game, can we all sit down and sit and talk for an hour?" And they'd be like, oh "No my empathy." God, who? How you guys don't have any empathy for how I'm feeling right now. And then security would come in and do their job. <laughs> the Jazz have won seven of ten. But here's the thing: two of those wins were against the Pistons, one of those wins against the Spurs. So even though the Jazz are playing good basketball right now, 
they're being a bit misleading because they've been playing some of the worst teams in the NBA. I, I can't play this game. I don't want to lay 14 and a half with the Celtics, but it seems too obvious to grab the points with the Jazz who are in their check bags. I'm going to stay away, Chelsea. <laughs> oh, we're going to ride this metaphor until it dies. Uh, I just, I feel like sure I can't are. lay 14 and a half with Boston, a team that's not been good at covering numbers at home or they've been all right but they're far from the domination that we see in their overall record because of course everybody's going to point out well the celtics are a perfect 16 and 0 at home this season but covering wise 10 and 6 ats so when you're giving me 14 and a half points i think if i had to pick a side it would be the utah jazz all up in their bags Ooh. in this one all right next up let's go to the hawks and the pacers and i just thought as i was reading who these teams were. I was like, I wonder what the total is going to be in this game. These two teams play zero defense. They have the fastest pace, I think, of most teams in the league. And then I glanced at the total. It's 263 and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, this has to be like the highest total of the season, right? I'm so disgusted with this total. 263 and a half. This is an all-star game total. Does anyone play any defense anymore? Anyone? No. Are there any stops in the NBA? How in the hell am I? I can't even bet a total any longer. I like the over. It's 263 <laughs> and a half. What? How am I supposed to bet this? It's 263 in a regular season game. Can someone block out? Can someone just man up? Force your guy baseline. Make him take a tough shot. It's just matador defense. Matador defense. Nobody plays any D. Guys, get in your bag and play some D. I'm not going to bet on this game. I would lean to the over. Look at these trends. Pacers are 22-10-2 and 10 and two to the over this season. That is number one in the NBA. The Hawks, 21-12 and 12 to the over. Third in the NBA. Pacers at home this season, 13-4 and four to the over, which is a clip of more than 76%. I am not going to bet the over because this total is ridiculous, but I think it might be the right side. No one's going to play any D. <sighs> Maybe this is a game where you just play props because mm -hmm. usually that is the strategy when you see a game that has a really high total, and this one... I think 262 and a half, which I will say it has gone down a point. Ooh, some value there. Ooh. One point and a total of 262 and a half. So points clearly not at a premium here, but I'm looking up, you know, maybe some plays on Tyrese Halliburton or Trey Young. Cause if I'm remembering correctly, both of these guys mm -hmm. absolutely went off the last time they squared off last time. Uh, this was an in season tournament game. So maybe it meaned, uh, it meant a little bit more for both, but the final score of this game was 157 to 152. That's why we are seeing such a high total in this game. Tyrese Halliburton scored 37 points and had 16 assists. I'm not seeing a line for his, his assists, on BetMGM, they're probably afraid to post it because they probably feel like they can't post it high enough. 
But still, I think this is one of those games where we see a lot of player props come through. Last game, Trey Young had 38 points. So maybe you go that route. I'm looking at the points props now. Uh, Trey Young said at 28 and a half. Tyrese Halliburton, 27 and a half. I think you pick your poison here. I think any of those are a solid play when it comes to this game. Next up, let's go to the Knicks and the 76ers. We've got Philly six and a half point favorites, total of 227 and a half. And Jenks, this was my initial question at the start mm-hmm. of this hour was, does the big man Palooza continue here? Do you think Joel mm-hmm. Embiid is seeing all of the hype surrounding Nikola Jokic and Wimby and Giannis? Do you think he has a big game here? Maybe. Look, he's been on a roll. I believe mm-hmm. he's he's got a streak going right now, uh, and it's a franchise record. Every single time he has a 30-point game, he adds to his consecutive game streak of at least 30 points. So he's already, before seeing what Jokic did last night, been on one. But I will say, I like the Knicks here getting six and a half because when they traded for OG Ananobi, it has really opened things up for that Knicks offense they play a lot better. So all of a sudden, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle are even more effective offensively. He's been a great addition. So based on what I've seen, and the sample size isn't that big, I'm going to take the Knicks and the points here. Six and a half feels like too many for me. And both things can be true, right? Joel Embiid can still go off, and the Knicks can stay within six of the hook. Yeah, I think I'd still roll with the Sixers here. It's really hard to go against the Sixers at home. They have been phenomenal at covering spreads when playing in Philadelphia and in those games where Joel Embiid is playing. Against the spread at home this year, 13-4 and ATS. If you look at the Knicks, they've been middling on the road this year. 10-10 and ATS. Maybe it's not a trend play, and I am somebody who is currently or frequently roped into taking the Knicks. I think they're usually a scrappy underdog because they do play physical they are a scrappy underdog like i said but still i think i would lean towards the sixers it's not my favorite play uh but still something i would look into next up uh thunder nets we've got the thunder laying five and a half here we know uh the nets are a team that i have wanted to back but boy have they been terrible at covering numbers i think they've covered like maybe one or two games in their last 10. Mm -hmm. is there a way to back the nets here or are you continuing to roll with the thunder i'm rolling with the thunder it's time to get back on the thunder train they took a loss a couple nights ago against the hawks but we both knew that that line was fishy because the Thunder were only laying a point and a half. Now it's time for them to get back in the win column and cover. Best covering team in the NBA. 23-9-1 against the number. And on one day of rest, which is the spot they're in tonight, 14-5 and against the number. So I would also think about a sprinkle on the Thunder at 11-1 to to win the West. I like OKC tonight in Brooklyn. Yeah, I think it's a good get-right spot for Oklahoma City. Yeah. And speaking of guys going off, it's not just the big men. SGA has had quite the season as well. And speaking of fashion and being in his bag, SGA, one of the more fashionable guys in the NBA. I believe he went to the Met Gala. And he's like, I think he is one of the guys in Kim Kardashian's Skims ads. Have you seen these, Jenks? Oh, I have not. I know what Skims are, but I have not seen that ad. And what am I missing? <laughs> Well, I mean, he's in his underwear. And people are like, Kim, where have you been hiding 
this studly man. I'm like, he's not been hiding. He's a basketball player. He plays on national TV. She's not hiding him. She certainly didn't discover him. It's like the Swifties when they're like, oh, Travis Kelsey, who is he? He had a career before Taylor. Uh, maybe not so much lately, but we'll see if he gets any better. Coming up, player prop incentives to bet on this weekend in the NFL. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Off and rolling. That's time. It's time to open your eyes. It's time to rise and shine because that's right. There is money to be made this week in the NFL if you can do your homework and find the good spots. That's what we'll be trying to do in week 18 where this is the one week in the season where you can bet on player prop uh, contract incentives. Players have certain milestones that they get bonuses for if they reach them. We have one game left in the regular season. And several guys are really close to reaching these milestones. So we will try to find bettable angles for, um, you know, taking that information to your advantage. Jenks, I was going to ask you, as, you know, the king of Jenks's Netflix corner, I finished Uh my Netflix show yesterday and I'm feeling very, I don't know, empty. Like, you know, when you finish a show you've been watching for a while and you have that like unresolved feeling And I will say the ending was like pretty good. Like we've been watching this thriller called Fool Me Once. And anytime you watch a thriller, you have like a certain idea of how it may pan out. And then they try to do all the twists and turns and they tell you the ending and you're like, "Uh, I don't know about that. How do I resolve these feelings of unresolvedness? I don't know if that's a word. Well, oh, that's a word. That's definitely a word. (laughs) Sure. Why not? Well, you know what's funny is that I was perusing Netflix last night with the lovely Catherine who came home because she's not feeling well. She's been sick all week. So when she was still working from home, she's just always working. I was like, take a break from work. You came home because you're sick. So we put on Netflix and I was telling her about this. What's it called again? Fool Me Once. Fool Me Once. That you were watching. Yeah. And I said, Chelsea has been watching Fool Me Once. Let's watch the trailer. And so we watched it. And I was like, what do you think? I was like, ah, we were like, eh, maybe let's let's think about it. Just not tonight. So we watched Dave Chappelle's new special instead, <laughs> which is very good. Shot here in D.C. But watching the trailer, I got one of those feelings where it could be good. But it seemed like maybe a roll of the dice, like maybe it's going to get a little cheesy. I didn't know. I don't think there's much you can do with that except just say, well, I watched it and it was okay. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So I'm I'm glad you're telling me this because this might sway me in a different direction now. Maybe we'll never watch it. Oh, it wasn't cheesy. Like the ending wasn't cheesy, so maybe I shouldn't have a complaint here. The way that it ended was, I don't know how to say this without spoiling it. Like it wasn't a happy ending. Like, do you ever watch shows like that? I think the perfect example is it's the movie with Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, The Breakup. Have you seen that one? Where at the end it has like a very realistic ending. 
And I do yes. appreciate movies and shows that go down mm -hmm. the realistic path instead of like, and they lived happily ever after. Right. But you just have this like unresolved feeling. You're like, so that's it. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen the breakup? I have. Well, I, I, I think that you can have a, there's a difference between just because it's not a happy ending doesn't mean there can't be a, a resolution. Mm -hmm. You can, that, that to me is the key because you can have the perfect ending. Well, not the perfect ending, but you can have a happy ending or everything come together and still not feel satisfied or satiated. Like, well, okay, it wasn't a bad ending, but I feel like this is sort of unresolved and didn't really come together in the way that it should, regardless of whether it's happy or not. It's about the closure. I think more than anything else where, okay, all this makes sense now, all of the pieces fit, regardless of whether it's happy or not. I think we're always a little disappointed by endings though, especially shows mm -hmm. that you feel are good. Cause I did think this show was really good for like the most part until yeah. the end. And my husband was like, well, how did you expect it to end? Like, what are you wanting more from this? Mm -hmm. I think that is the thing. That's the bottom line It's just, I don't know how I expected it to end, but it's just, I don't know. It's just a feeling of like unresolved, like, okay, well, I guess it's all tied up now, but mm -hmm. isn't that how life is? Like not everything ends in a tight little package. Well, let me flip this around. What show series have you ever watched where you thought that's the perfect way to end it? That's exactly how this show should end. And you were completely satisfied. That's a rare thing especially when you're talking about a, a series that runs five, six, seven, eight seasons, it's almost impossible to stick the landing, but some shows do it. What series did you watch where you thought, yes, that's, that's perfect. I don't think I can think of a single one. I think that proves my point is that mm -hmm. no matter how good a show is, it feels like the ending is always going to fall like a little bit flat because I have watched some really good shows. You watch the okay. white Lotus, right? I think yes. that's one ending that I felt like it was a good ending, but I mm -hmm. necessarily didn't love it. Okay, You've seen fair. it, right? The one, yes, I have. So I, the first one I thought was more was probably more satisfying, but the one show that I always come back to where I watched it, it was the first time I ever watched a series, and when it when it ended, I thought that was perfect. Was the Shield, and I don't know if you remember this on FX. But it was one of the mm -hmm. first FX dramas with Michael Chiklis that really pushed the envelope. And it was at the time, I believe it won, what did it win? I think it won like an Emmy in its first year. And everyone was like, dude, how is this show winning? It's Nobody even knows what this show is. And it was so good. And the way it ended was just, it just nailed it. And ever since then, Justified was awesome. There's been a handful of shows, Breaking Bad, I thought was really good, but The Shield was the first one where I thought, I don't know if that could have been any better, but it's really rare. Yeah, I think it's the rarity. So a lot of us have mm -hmm. just these sky-high expectations for good shows, and it's just, it's hard to wrap it all up into a nice bow and a nice ending, especially, you know, when you only have one season. Like, some of these go so long that, like, you're like, okay, just end yeah. it already. So I think it's a rarity, and maybe I should lower my expectations for some of these Netflix shows. But how will the season finale go for some of these NFL players? Right now, we're looking at some of these contracts and saying, okay, so these guys can net a lot of money if they have a big game in Week 18. 
is this something we can bet on? Because this is the only week of the entire year where you can use players' contracts and their incentives as a bettable angle. And there is a laundry list of guys that are going for things this weekend. And I think our job is to wade through all of these and see which ones are bettable. Because here's the thing. If guys are playing in meaningful games, games that have Mm -hmm. playoff implications, they're not going to say, okay, well, this guy gets an extra $200,000 for, you know, 100 yards receiving. They have to win the game first. I think the perfect example is looking at Tyreek Hill who's pretty close to breaking the single-season receiving record. It's not a contract incentive, but it's kind of the same, you know, ideology. When you're saying, okay, well, he's really close. He's going to want to get it. It's at 248 receiving yards right now, but they're playing against the Bills, who are, number one, a very tough secondary, and number two, this is a very meaningful game. The Dolphins need to win this game. So they're not going to say, okay, well, you know, we're losing, but – you know, let's just feed it to Tyreek Hill, see what happens. They're not going to ignore the game plan completely and whatever's ha- happening in the game. They are trying to win the game first. So I think this cancels out a lot of the player props that we're looking at that we're saying, okay, this guy's close to this number. I do think that there is one that fits the bill. And I mentioned this earlier in the show. I think this is the perfect recipe for using this player contract incentives to your advantage while also placing a smart bet. And that is DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. He is 49 yards away from an extra million dollars when it comes to his contract incentives. He also, if he makes seven catches this weekend, gets an extra $250,000. That's $1.25 million on the line this week for DeAndre Hopkins, who is also playing in a game that doesn't mean anything for the Tennessee Titans. He is the number one receiver that gets these targets anyways. Last week, he had the most targets, the most catches, and the most yards of any Titans receiver. Seven catches, 72 yards. So I feel like he is somebody who this is a bettable angle for DeAndre Hopkins. I think you should look at his props. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very good one. I'll be on that, absolutely. One guy I'm looking at right now, is Tyler Higby and Tyler Higby needs five yards, a total of five yards against the Niners to get $125,000. Now it's not a million. He's going to get his five yards. I can Mm -hmm. look at his averages here, but also I know you think about that San Francisco defense and you think, Oh my God, he's going up against San Francisco, but also San Francisco got everything locked up. So I think if there's a spot for this guy to kind of go off, it's maybe in this spot. He's going to get his five yards. I'm still looking for his yardage prop. It hasn't been posted yet. I'm looking everywhere. But when it is, take a good look at that because he's going to get it. But if it's low enough, you might get a little bit of value just because the Niners will be at full strength but also don't have a lot of incentive to necessarily go all out because they're getting ready to be the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah, but also, wouldn't you think his prop is at least in the 30s? Like, that's the thing. You have to look at numbers that are going to be middling right around where the prop is. So for DeAndre Hopkins, his prop is normally at 60. So when Mm -hmm. he's, like, pretty close to it, 49, it feels like they will feed him anyways. And the fact that he has the extra incentive 
for seven catches, which is more than what his catches prop is going to be. Usually it's at four and a half. So you probably get some big plus money if you take like an alternate line on his catches. There's another one that I'm going to float by you. And it's Austin Eckler. This is the other one I picked out out of the laundry list of contract incentives that we see this week. He needs 110 total yards, rushing plus receiving, for an extra 100,000. The Chargers are also one of those teams that are not playing for anything. But Austin Eckler, somebody who has only gotten this number, I think, in three games this year, is prolific as you think of the numbers when it comes to Austin Eckler. Because we know... His potential is certainly there. Would anybody be shocked if he has 100 yards rushing and receiving this week? No. Um, But I think that's the other one that I would look at. And we haven't seen a prop just yet. Like, we'll have to wait for some of these to be posted. But that feels like one that may be worth looking at. Okay. that's I got one more now. It's not necessarily tied to an incentive. But I would look at George Pickens over 50 and a half receiving yards against the Ravens for a couple reasons. Number one, he has been much more effective since Mason Rudolph took over at quarterback. Chris mm-hmm. Mack was talking about that yesterday. He's gone for 195 against the Bengals, 131 against the Seahawks. Just needs 51 on Saturday. Yeah, and George Pickens is somebody, when he gets his yardage props, he mm-hmm. really gets them. A feast or famine guy. Coming up next on the show, top of the hour, we're starting off hot. Our favorite six picks straight up in the NFL. You won't want to miss it. That's next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.